management. Now, to save you $200, the book that we're using is this Contemporary Management book by McGraw-Hill. I emailed everybody today. I also opened up Blackboard so you'll be able to see this information on Blackboard. If you don't already have a Blackboard account, you need to create one. Need to create a Blackboard account at portal.cuny.edu. So, does everybody have a Blackboard account already? Yes. 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 Does anybody not have a Blackboard account? A new one? No, you don't have one? 
It's at portal.cuny.edu. That's where you can set one up. Everybody should have received an email. Uh, maybe you didn't check it yet, but I did send an email. I'm going to send another email um, either late tonight or tomorrow with the textbook information. But it's on, it's on Blackboard also. So if you log into Blackboard, um, you can see that. Make sure that in Web Central you have an email address that's current. So log into Web Central at portal.brooklyn.cuny.edu. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Yeah. Yeah. So go to Web Central and check what email address is there. So if it's Hotmail, but you don't check that account anymore, then update it to one that you do check. Because I do send um, regular reminders to help us um, keep on track. Although everything is in the syllabus, so um, I don't make it up as I go along. Everything, all the dates are in the syllabus, and we have a schedule. But to uh, um, keep you motivated, it's one of the things we're going to talk about this semester, to keep you motivated and keep you engaged, I do send emails. You probably get more emails from me than you do spam. <laughs> but make sure you read them, because those are for, for your benefit. So you already have an email. Um, from me. You just registered for the class yesterday and you already have an email. It's scary, I know. So you need to get this book. Now to save you $200, I'm using this book, which is the seventh edition. Don't get the eighth edition or the ninth edition because that's very expensive. This is the book that we're going to use. You could order this online, like at Amazon or some other website, and get this for less than $20. Often students tell me that they paid more for the postage to ship it than they did for the actual book. But you need to have the book, right? So the questions, the assignments um, come from this book and you really need the textbook, right? I know if it was $250 and you didn't get the book, I would say that's a bad idea, but I could hear where you're coming from. $15. Can I buy the textbook then? <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuse. I have a student last semester who, um, who didn't get the textbook. I don't know if students think like I don't read the assignments, but I do. I read them. And then they get their grade in like 40, and I do this another week, the week after. The student gets a 20. What's going on? What's going on is I read your assignment, see? And I post comments on Blackboard, and the student tried to get the information from someplace other than the textbook. Why would you do that? The answer is in the textbook, and it's only $15. <laughs> right? You're not, it's not a research project. We're going to talk about research. We're going to do some research this semester, but you don't need to research the answers to the questions. The answers are in the book. Right? You don't go to some website, because that's not going to have the answer in the book. One of the learning goals in the School of Business is that students can have a high level of information literacy. That means that they're able to evaluate the information that they have. So in every course of the School of Business, the learning goals are information literacy, which again means your ability, because like, what does that mean, right? Information literacy. It means that students will, upon graduation, have developed a high level of ability to evaluate the information that they have. Another learning goal is ethics. We're going to talk a lot about ethics. You probably say, we talk about an ethics in every course. That's right, because that's a learning goal for every course in the School of Business. Ethics. I don't want to come see you guys in 
um, Rikers Island, you know? Because that's going to have a serious impact on my party. I'm not coming. You, you go to Rikers. You, that's, that's all you. Uh, don't tell them you know me. I, I don't know you. I don't know you. But Coach B. So it's important because we know that executives do things that are illegal. But in a school of business, what we're trying to get students to appreciate is that that's not enough. Our standard is higher than that. It's not enough to just do things that are legal or don't do things that are illegal. We need to do things that are ethical. So we shouldn't be doing things that are unethical as business executives. And there's consequences for that. So you might think, oh, this is just one of those, you're just talking philosophy, coach. This is a philosophical debate. You're talking academics. No. This is a real managerial issue. So what's the consequence of doing something unethical? You want to know what's a good example of a consequence of unethical business practice? How about the financial crisis from 2007 to 2009? The worldwide financial crisis, global financial crisis that put the US in a recession and nearly a depression that resulted in thousands of people losing their jobs, millions of people losing their homes. I still can't even, that, that just, I, I can't even process that. Can, can you guys process that? Millions of people in this country lost their home because they defaulted on their mortgage. Millions. Why did that happen? Because of unethical and certainly illegal behavior on the part of managers, executives. So what happened? That's what happened. So hear me when I say ethics is not a philosophical debate that we're having in this class. There are real consequences. And so we're going to look at that. One of the things that you're going to do is you're going to complete uh, some questionnaires. So information is power. One of the things we're going to talk about this semester is how to get information so that managers can make decisions. So you need to have information to be able to make decisions. How are we going to get that information? Through research. Now, what do you think the first questionnaire is going to be about? So the first questionnaire, so we're going to do some market research, uh, attitudes and opinion study. The first questionnaire is going to be about ethics. You guys are not good at guessing. OK, I'll have to keep that in mind for the exam. Oh, the exam. Yes. OK, so students usually do well on the exam when certain things happen. One, they study. And two, they don't underestimate their coach. So like, for example, this summer, I had some students. And also the prior semester, the students were like debating amongst themselves whether or not the exam was going to be online or on campus. Now, sometimes 
depending on the semester, sometimes in the class, sometimes the exam is online, sometimes it's on campus. So in the spring, I told the students that, and I said, but don't be tricked. The exam is really going to be on campus. So for that class, I emphasized, I kept reminding them, and they said, no, no, don't worry. The day before, he's going to send an email and say, the exam is online. I'm crazy, but I'm not predictable. Note to file, right? So, and I kept telling them, because I know other students keep telling me that, you know, your students think that the exam is going to be online. And I said, I keep telling them that the exam is going to be on campus, but they don't believe me. Look at this face. <laughs> no credibility, right? Would you believe anything this face said? Who would believe something that I said? Come on. <laughs> they don't believe me. Then in the summer, you know what I did? I let the students take the exam online. But again, some of the students, they thought that they were clever. So they actually, I don't know if they thought that they had a copy of the exam or something, because I don't give the same exam every semester. Maybe they thought that it was the same exam. But I told them, I said, make sure you study for the exam like it's on campus, because you're not going to have enough time to look up all the answers. You'll have the time to look up some answers, and that's okay, because I think that an exam is about testing and learning. So that if you don't know the answer to some questions, it's okay to look them up. But I told them, you're not going to have enough time to look up all the answers. So make sure that you study and you're able to go through the questions, you know, um, at a relatively quick pace. So some students um, apparently had a very high GPA before they took my course, which I don't know, that's the first time I ever hear anybody say I'm a GPA buster. Um, because your success is my priority. Your success is my priority. And so I work really hard to prepare my students to be successful in the class so that they could do well. But, and I want all my students to get an A. But, if you get a 40 on a take-home exam, there's no way you're getting an A, even in my class. Okay, I mean, I'm fair. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But a 40? A 40 on an open book exam? And then they're hating on me. <laughs> oh, don't, that guy is a GPA buster. What? It was an open book exam. But they thought, I don't know, I really think they thought they had the exam. They had the questions or something. So they, would, they just ignored me. All my coaching, everything else, they just were doing like their own thing. Then they took the exam and then they didn't do well. And then they're telling people, don't ever take that guy's course. I, hey, whatever. I don't work on commission. <laughs> and then one student got a 40 on the exam in the spring. I said that, and she said in front of the whole class, I heard you do. Wow. Could you imagine that? She got a 40 on the exam. I know why. That's, that's, I know that. But um, anyway, all well, you guys are going to get hundreds, right? So you need to get the book. Please, don't think you could do it without the book. You need to get the book. Order it online. Um, it's the seventh edition. This is going to save you $200. You don't need to clap or anything like that. It's okay. I just, that's what it is to be your coach, right? No, no, no. It's okay. As your coach, as your coach, you know, it's not enough to say I'm your coach. 
I gotta do things to show that I am your coach and that your success really is my priority, right? It's not enough to say, your success is my priority. I gotta do things that support that. In marketing, we call that pillars of support. You can't just make all kinds of claims and allegations and not have pillars of support that demonstrate that your product is of a high quality, for example, or that your product is innovative. You can't just say your product is innovative without having anything to back that up. Am I right? So this is the book. Get it as soon as possible, like immediately. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna get. You're gonna get so many emails from me. You're gonna be sorry you asked. <laughs> but I'm gonna send another email. But also log into Blackboard because the um, the information is on Blackboard. Yeah, and you're gonna need to get on Blackboard because that's where you're gonna post your assignments. So don't email me your assignments. Post them on Blackboard. What you should do also is type up your answers in like a Word document first, and then copy and paste them, highlight it, and then copy and then paste it using control function V to paste it into Blackboard. Don't try to post it, don't try to type it directly in Blackboard. Now some of you are not gonna listen. Now let me tell you why you shouldn't do that. Because if you're working in Blackboard and for some reason, you're on your computer, for some reason, you lose power, then what you started typing there for an hour is going to be gone. If it's in a Word document, right, you have it set at auto-save, and it saves like every two minutes. And so if you did lose power, or if somebody was under your desk and they pulled out the power cord, <laughs> well, what they were doing under there, I really, I can't even, I don't even want to know. But if somebody was under your desk and they pulled out the power cord, you would lose your work. Or if you lost your internet connection. So, as your coach, as your coach, my suggestion is type it up in Word first and then save it. Then copy it over and, and paste it into, into Blackboard. Now with Firefox, it doesn't let you do the copy and paste function so easily. You gotta use a control function. You gotta do control V to paste it. It won't let you just paste it, use the, the icon, right? You have to use Control V. You guys familiar with Control V? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a little bit um, a little bit of a nuance. It hasn't changed so far. I don't know what the why it is that um, they're trying to control, I think, um, pop-up blockers and things like that. I think that might be one of the issues. Also, check to make sure, because when you open up the link for the assignment to paste it, what happens is when you click on the link, there's a folder, for example, that says uh, week two, homework B. Inside that folder is a link. When you click on that link, what happens is a box opens up where you're going to paste your answer. Sometimes if your, if your pop-up blocker is not disabled, that box won't pop up. And you're like, I, coach, I keep clicking on view, but nothing opens. Yeah, that's because you have your pop-up blocker is on. So that box is not able to pop up. So keep that in mind too. Questions so far? You guys are awesome. The best students ever, ever. No questions? Okay, we're doing good.
Fun times. So you guys are going to get the book, or are you just kidding? I was about to ask you, are you still taking my offer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not selling this one. So order this. You might have to express, express it, express the delivery, but either way, it's a lot less than $200. All right? Check your email. The information is there. It's also on Blackboard. Don't try and do it with, without the book. <coughs> For the website, can you do an exception to the pop-up? Like to do the website exception to make sure that the portal, it always pops up whenever? Can I do that? Oh, it can be automatic. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you might be able to give your, your browser, you mean to give your browser permission says always allow a pop-up from Blackboard? Right. You might. What is your name? Felicia. Oh, Felicia saying that um, you may be able to, instead of just disabling your pop-ups totally, you might be able to just give permission so that whenever you're in Blackboard that it allows a pop-up to happen. Yeah, so that's a good point. All right, so the first um, questionnaire is going to be about ethics it's gonna, and about the financial crisis, which is very relevant to our course. And then there's going to be another questionnaire now, mind you, you don't need to get people to complete the questionnaire, just you. So, you know they say that a good professor tells students things, tells students about different topics and issues, concepts, but a great professor shows students. I don't think I'm a great professor, but I hope that this is a great show and tell experience for you because the other option is to have you write the questionnaire right that's a different a teaching approach that's a different pedagogy is to get you to write the questionnaire and apply those concepts but what what I decided to do is to write the questionnaire so that I could show you what a good questionnaire looks like because it's not that easy to write a questionnaire you have to make sure that the right words are used and that you're using the right scale. So for example, you might use nominal scale, and there's certain advantages and disadvantages of that. Ordinal scale, like a five-point Likert scale would be an example of an ordinal scale. Or uh, an interval scale on um, a scale of one to 10. So that's a decision that needs to be made. Each of those has certain advantages and disadvantages. So what I want to do is to show you what a good questionnaire looks like. What are the type of questions that you ask? What are the type of scales that are used? Because I could stand up here and tell you about ordinal scales and nominal scales. Nominal scales, for example, is just a simple yes or no response. But it doesn't really tell us enough. Because if I ask you, for example, let's say we're doing, we're managing a business, a beverage company. And what are some different types of beverages that our company might sell? What do you think? What are some different types of beverages? So there's some, it could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So what are some of the beverages? Let's start with the alcoholic beverages. What are some of the alcoholic beverages? Vodka. Yum. What else? <laughs> tequila. Tequila. And not just any kind of tequila. Patron. 
Patron. We're talking about top shelf, right? Whiskey. Whiskey. What else? Bourbon. Bourbon. Rum. Wine. Yep, so there's, um, in the beverage category in the United States, 60% of the category is alcohol. 60%. The category in the United States at retail is about 200 billion. 60% of that is alcohol. So 120 billion, that's the size of the category. That's very large. $120 billion in um, retail sales. So that category is made up of three segments. Beer is one, wine, and also liquor, or sometimes called spirits. So, so far you guys talked a lot about the hard stuff, right? <laughs> I didn't hear anybody say beer, right? You all, you all went uh, straight to the vodka, tequila, rum, bourbon, and whiskey. So, but none of you drink. I know. I, I know. I know. None of you drink, right? I, you're all 21, right? Are you all 21? No? That doesn't mean you don't drink. But I don't need to know. Don't, don't tell me. I don't need to know. Listen, you drink. People, don't let somebody tell you you have a drinking problem. You drink, you fall down. <laughs> no problem. But really, Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Some of my students have to refer them to counseling because they drink so much that they throw up and then, you know, what they do, that's on Friday night, they drink so much that they throw up and pass out. And I said, well, that's what you do on a Friday, what you do on Saturday. Same thing. <laughs> so I was like, that's fun? Yeah. Okay, come with me. I got somebody for you to talk to. <laughs> So those are examples of alcoholic beverages. What about non-alcoholic beverages? So remember, we're a beverage company. Energy drinks. Energy drinks. Water. Water. Soda. 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 Juices. Juice. What kind of juice? Orange juice. Orange juice. Not to be confused with what? Apple juice. Grapefruit juice. What about milk? Got milk? You remember that campaign? Got milk? So when we're advertising, we could focus on selective demand or category need. Category need is when we try to create demand for an entire category, not for a particular brand. So why do we talk about why do we talk about um, the Got Milk campaign? Because that's a great example of where a company, right? Remember this scenario. We're talking about a beverage company. So in our scenario, this beverage company sells orange juice, grapefruit juice, apple juice. Do you guys mix that with Hennessy, or you just drink it straight? <laughs> no, wait, you drink the Hennessy straight or the apple juice straight? Oh, let me rephrase the question. Okay, you guys are confused. I know, you're not drunk. 
When somebody says that, when you're out and somebody says, I'm not drunk, what does that mean? I gotta stop saying that. They cut me off after one drink. I'm like, no, really, I'm just loud. I'm not drunk. I really wasn't. I'm like, okay, that's it. What do you mean? So, we need to understand, as managers, what, what it is that makes consumer buy a particular be beverage. So, what do you think the benefits are that get people to buy milk? Why do people buy milk? Calcium. Calcium, yes, for a long time. Certainly, there's a very strong association between the milk product and calcium. And what else? Protein. Protein. So it's a complementary product. So you could put it in coffee. You could um, put it in cereal, right? You know, like that little girl on YouTube says, "Men, I give you no milk to put in time of conflicts." Make done, make done, make done. Make the father do it. Make the father bitter. Men, I give you no milk to put upon the conflicts. So you're right. So it is. Um, it is about. It is a complimentary. You want me to do another dance? So, you're right. It is about. It is a compliment, right? You could you put milk on cereal, you put it in coffee, you put on your cornflakes, and it's um, it's known to provide the benefit of calcium and protein and vitamin A and vitamin D. But who do you think their direct competitors are? So there's direct competitors and indirect competitors. Um, I'm going to say like non-dairy products, for example, like almond milk, cashew milk, soy milk. Right, so one way of defining the business, so as managers, as managers we need to decide on the business definition. Are we a beverage company or are we a company that markets milk. So what do we do? Do we sell beverages or do we sell milk? Or do we sell orange juice? Now, they might define the business the way you describe. What is your name? Catherine. Catherine? Yeah. Okay. So Cat, can we call you Cat? Kathy. Kathy. Okay, Kathy. So Kathy says, that it, the substitute, right, uh, their direct competitors, they might feel are non-dairy milk products. And that might be almond milk or soy milk. But what about orange juice? Do you think orange juice is a competitor? Or, and if it is, is it a direct competitor or an indirect competitor? Because what is it that we know about orange juice? How do they market themselves? What was that? I heard like 60 people say something in my ear. What was it? What did you say? Vitamin C for breakfast. And what else? Calcium. Aren't they heavily promoting that product as having calcium? We just said that 
Milk has calcium, right? So they're competing against other dairy farmers and also against other beverages such as orange juice. So this is an important point for us as managers because what does a manager do? You don't believe me? You'll see. At the end of, in, in like a few years from now, you won't remember what's on um, chapter, what's on page 247, but you're going to remember this example, and then you're going to say, wow, that ball professor was so smart, he had wisdom beyond his years. So what we're talking about is as managers, you know, the main responsibility of a manager or an executive is four things, planning, leading, organizing, and controlling, all right? So does anybody want to take notes? Planning, organizing, leading, and controlling. I'm hoping everybody gets an A in this class. You can do it. Yes, you can. If you close the door, they probably can hear me in You think I talked about that? Just right. Planning. Organizing, leading, and controlling. Those are four key responsibilities of an executive, of a manager. So what I'm telling you, what we've discussed so far is that when we're planning, when we're developing a plan, we need to think about the ethical implications. And I'm giving you an example of how the business definition is going to impact our planning. So you see, this example about the beverage company has to do with us having enough information to develop a plan.